It is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Oh, so it sorry. It is time. So sorry. What yeah. happened? Well, there's uh, there's new intro music for us. I apologize. This is, oh, this is reminiscent of something that was a delight to my soul back in the 90s. That's right. The Bulls. The Chicago Bulls. Ladies and gentlemen, from North Carolina, 6'6", six, six, starting at small guard, Michael Jordan. What's amazing is in watching the recent documentary, which is The Last Dance. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, which, yes, I, as a non-sports person, Totally have been watching. I'm I'm proud of you because you that was your one sports thing. You loved watching the Bulls. His era was my yeah, that was uh-huh. it. And so I stayed with it for about a decade and then I said, Well, he's gone. It's not fun anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I stopped. And that doesn't take away from your favorite basketball stars at all. I just I don't know. It was a it was a phase, Carter. It was a phase. Well, so if you've just seen it advertised at the very least, or you watched it on ESPN or something, um, we're bringing this up to talk about something a little deeper with it. Because if you're new to the, this podcast, we talk about our what we're going through spiritually. Mm. And this brought up a very interesting conversation in talking about uh, what happened in one of the episodes. It did, but can bef- before we get to that, because I know where you're going, uh-huh. can I just say, you've mentioned that he was six foot six, and this confounded me while yep. watching this docuseries with my husband, uh-huh. that when Michael Jordan first comes on the scene and people are like, well, who is this guy? He's not going to be anything. You see that in the first documentary, spoiler alert. Yeah. Oh, I'm supposed to say that before. <laughs> You're supposed to say that before. Okay, well, they spoiler were, alert. They were like, I think they were like, can one guy really turn it around? And they were all like, no, he, no, he can't. But they kept saying, well, he's not like seven foot or anything. So, But then the, the next scene, they show him going up against the guy for this team that they had never defeated. And he was a full two inches shorter. I'm mean, see, that doesn't even, your logic doesn't even hold up well, you know who on they, the basketball court. Well, you know who they were asking, though, is the tall guys. <laughs> It was tall. It was those seven one guys they were asking. Um, no, we, we won't talk a ton about basketball itself. Just what no. happened in this documentary is Michael Jordan said some things. It's you know it is a documentary, so you're gonna see some things that are like oh that wasn't really cool. He was giving somebody a hard time about this and that, and then at one point he won't sign an autograph for this guy. Really bothered me mm-hmm. because I had apparently put him up on a pedestal, um, which was a shock to me, even though I owned a Michael Jordan T-shirt. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. If you've gotten to the place where you're actually wearing someone on your body in some fashion. Yeah, maybe they're up there. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you liked him a little. And Michael Jordan was just, I mean, he flew the court. He didn't run it. He flew. So I don't have to explain it. But at the same time, as I'm sitting there watching it now in my hernies. What was that? Uh, you know how old I am. Okay. Um, I saw him turn away a person asking for an autograph. And he didn't say anything to them. And I just wanted him to say something. Mm-hmm. Just say, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm not able to. And you had brought up an incredible point. Maybe his manager person was like, no, no, let me be the bad guy. We see that even, even with the incredible people in Christian music, where if they were going to stop for an autograph or a pic, or it's a picture more so nowadays. They get mobbed. We get mobbed. And so we, we see these incredible people that are just trying to do their job, that work for the record labels, mm-hmm. that are with somebody a big name right um and they're like no sorry folks sorry folks he can't do that she can't do that right now sorry folks and um that's what it looked like to me in this particular scene where the guy stepped around and said to this individual that asked for an autograph nope not doing any signings not doing any signings but you just as a person you want to see michael jordan just go no i can't do it right now yeah just just say it with words Uh uh-huh then again you know looking back who put him up on that pedestal rochelle oh i did Mm-hmm. So why would you expect more from someone when you don't even know him? 
I remember it was another sports star, Ken Griffey Jr., my favorite baseball player of all time. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there with my dad. Of course, this guy is just the, he's the best ever. And I'm like seven or eight years old. And I, he says a word on TV. The cameras caught him saying a word. Was it a no, no word? It was a no, no word. And I look at my dad and I was like, (sighs) he didn't just do that. that. That wasn't him. Right. And he looked at me, it was a learning moment. He's like, Sometimes people we love do things they shouldn't. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, yeah, like you yeah. said, we we put them up on a pedestal. Why but would we do that? They're people. Did I not just make a mistake like five minutes before watching the docuseries? <laughs> right, right. Or during the docuseries? Of course I did. I'm yeah. sure I did. So uh, seeing that moment and then, you know, also being reminded you have zero comprehension of what it would be like to walk in that man's shoes. Mm. Aside from the fact that they're enormous shoes. Yeah. But just, you know, a zillion people are asking him for autographs a zillion times a day. What would that be like? How mob, how much more mobbed than any of the celebrities that you and I have come into contact with Carter Mm -hmm. would Michael Jordan be? Oh my word. And you and I have seen it firsthand when it comes to incredible Christian artists. So it, I need to have some grace for this moment. And I also need to be reminded that he is a human being not ever to be put on a pedestal Mm -hmm. and learn from the moment. What can I glean in this moment? If I'm ever presented with in a situation where I, I was tied up at the moment and talking to somebody else and somebody comes over and asks for attention over a certain matter and it's an inconvenience. Can I handle that inconvenience in a better fashion? Right. I learned from the moment, you know? Yeah, no, that's good too. You, um, just see what you don't want to do. It learn right. from that moment and go, how, how do I not want to be? Um, I, I think also we can look at somebody and it, we'll take Michael Jordan out of it for a second. Somebody normal, um, that's a coworker or, or a neighbor and they're a grump or they're just, they handle life differently than you do. And it's very easy to go, well, what they're doing is right or wrong. Um, in, in a lot of cases like that, what they're doing is just wrong. Sin is sin, and there is black and white Absolutely. somewhere. I, I want to make sure to say that. Sure. But in even in even if they are truly sinning, trying to have the patience because maybe they didn't grow up like I did. Yes. Maybe maybe they're new to Christianity. I, I think we went over that verse uh, a, a while back. I believe it was in uh, Corinthians um, about if somebody is is uh, comes off as immature, an immature believer, to have patience with that person yeah. and not get riled up with the way that they are. And to try to understand, okay, maybe they didn't have a great upbringing or maybe they're a new believer or maybe they're just dealing with something right now. Yeah. I, I hate that last part saying that because it can be a, an excuse. Sure. You know, it just because you're dealing with a loss in your family doesn't mean you have to name call me. I mean, there there is a right and a wrong, like I say, but at least to have patience and understanding as much as we can. I think it's amazing the moments that we see in scripture where Jesus, and we've mentioned this before, uh, he has an opportunity to speak into the lives of those around him. Um, in the case of the woman at the well, it was a one-on-one type of circumstance mm-hmm. where he's able to say, I know what's going on in your world, things that should not be happening. Mm-hmm. But it was not a condemning type of approach right. because she was empowered after that moment to go and share to all of the people in her town who had held her in contempt because of her circumstances she now who she was embarrassed to go and be anywhere near them because they shamed her. She has no problem going up to and telling about Jesus. There is a difference between, you know, shaming somebody and empowering them with with gospel knowledge and who you can be in the Lord. And 
So yeah, I agree with you. There's right is right and wrong is wrong. We're not telling you to, I'm not saying you can't judge that circumstance, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. judging others is where we are cautioned Yeah, because it says in scripture with the same judgment, you will be judged when you judge other people. Why would, if you got shamed and judged, um, why, why would you try to keep going? If you're new to faith or don't have faith and a, a person from down the, down the church, down the street at the local church mm-hmm. says, oh yeah, you're doing this. You're terrible. Why would that person ever go to the church? Oh gosh. Yeah. You, you ran know? away from, from ugliness. I mean, nobody genuinely likes confrontation. Do they? I, I would say like, if you polled a hundred people, I would say 99 mm-hmm. out of those hundred people. If I don't have to get into an argument, I would prefer not to. And there's always that one person's like, let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> I, um, I, uh, there's this funny thing that, um, is called cart narcs. They, they go to grocery stores, probably not right now, but they go to grocery stores and they look for people who don't return the cart. And then they come up with a siren. What? And they go, Hey, I'm a cart narc. Oh, you need to put the cart back. And they're like, and the person's always ticked, you know, oh, like, really? leave me alone. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and it's because people don't want to be called out on things. Uh, yeah. And so if you're really ca- about an important issue, I mean, that that's a, it is somewhat important. Don't get me wrong. But in terms of like real, like actual big sin going on, things that lead to destruction, nobody wants to be called out because I think shame just shuts down. Mm-hmm. Sh- shame will make you shut down. And so to come in like Jesus did not condemning, but go, here's a better way. Yeah. We got to look for the right opportunities. I don't think we can just do that to any Joe Blow on the street. Like, I'm not going to be as gifted as a speaker as Jesus, for example, to do that to a stranger most of the time. He lived life alongside all of these people. They were small villages. We've Mm -hmm. shared that before. So they saw him day in and day out, not just preach, but live what he preached. Yeah. And so that was genuine and real. And if you have two seconds with a person and you're only going to have two seconds with that person, I don't want to spend that time condemning that person. Mm. I need to live mm. life alongside them and let them see, oh, she, she's a Christian. She follows the Lord. Right. But she seemed nice. You know, that's who Jesus, he is kindness. He is gentleness. Was there a wrath side to God? Yes. But I love the song uh, In Christ Alone that says the wrath of God was satisfied Mm. with the death of Jesus on the cross. And I think that's why he focused in the book of uh, John in the third chapter with Nicodemus. Jesus is talking to that guy. Uh, He's a Pharisee. He's one of the teachers. He's a rich guy. And he's teaching him, for God so loved the world. That became the focus of the Lord. Through the cross, um, he gave his one and only son that Jesus came into the world not to condemn it, but to save it. You know, if you don't turn to him, then you have, you've basically not taken the, the lifesaver rope that's been thrown out to you. If mm-hmm. you've fallen off the ship, you know, yeah. you're not grabbing hold of it. And then at that point, you've made your choice. But I always go back to that, that because yes, there were definitely in the Old Testament moments we read that go, wow, that was real. And God got harsh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes, because he's a just God. And when unrighteous things are taking place, the righteousness of God is not happy about it. So, but then Jesus comes and now it's like, I've paved a way to give you the choice. The wrath of God was satisfied in that moment on the cross. And when he rose up, it's like, okay, now it's your choice. It literally, you can choose me 
where you can not choose me. And mm-hmm. so I, I want to always express the kindness, the love, the joy, the peace, um, the, those types of the, the part of the Holy Spirit that share who Jesus Christ was certainly in those three years of ministry, but beyond that, the disciples said he was without sin. So every year of his life, he was that guy. Yeah. I like yeah. that guy. <laughs> I, um, I, I'll bring this up. I don't know. I'm always on the fence about doing something like this. There was a, a Christian artist that had up a little funny picture. Okay. About, um, yeah, I guess I'll just say about, who. um, I won't, I just won't name names. It was at which quarantine house do you want to be in? Which you know? quarantine house? So some have had done this quarantine thing of like five or six different options. And like in the first one, it's Netflix and a couch. In the second one, it's a backyard pool. In the okay. third one, it, so which house do you choose? Okay. Well, this particular one had different uh, Christian celebrities oh. and pastors. And some pastors on there that are controversial and in like, uh, uh, what's the, the, gospel prosperity prosperity gospel yes 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 yes. so there's some pastors on there that that deal with that Mm -hmm. and this christian artist that had posted that was just doing it in fun well somebody somebody and i just get mad when i see a a, just a fun sucking christian (laughs) i just get so mad because of everything we're talking about about being kind and everything and so this person said you know i really thought you were a christian but you're going to promote these false teachers and I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't let this go. So I said, hey, maybe they're telling you to not pick the house with them in it. Or maybe and more likely it's just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> I had to reply. And this was a, a major Christian artist that there were thousands of comments on this thing. Uh-huh. And that one, I'm like, I want to stick up for this Christian artist who's just having fun. But in turn, in, in them getting mad and not showing kindness, uh-huh. it, am I doing the same thing, getting mad about the person who's mad? Where do you stick up and say, no, no, quit being a fun sucker <laughs> because you're obviously a believer that is just mad about this? Or where do you just go, you know what? I'm just going to smile and let it go. I think we've had this conversation before when it came to when the, when Jesus overturned the temple tables. Uh-huh. Because, again, uh, if you're just tuning into the podcast for the first time, and you're like, I, I don't remember that podcast. I, a couple ones ago, we, we got into righteous anger and what that is. And, uh-huh. and the difference being, I think— when you step up and say things like that, are you doing it for the benefit of yourself or for others? Uh-huh. Is kind of the question uh-huh. you can pose. Yeah, yeah. And if you're doing it and are not going to get flustered in the midst of it, I think that's a telltale sign that, you know, this might be an opportunity to share with a brother in the Lord who clearly has a sincere stance. He has uh, a stance. He has yes, a stance. He, he feels very sincere. This is the way he feels. Perhaps there's a story there of, Somebody did his family member wrong and they sent in all this money so they could get, you know, they could clean house. Sure. You know, maybe sure. there's a story there and yeah. and they've got, you know, bitterness in their heart towards these types of pastors. I don't know. Um, at the same time, you know, I've had friends in the Lord, brothers and sisters in the Lord, lovingly call me out. And I'm like, huh. You know, if I humble myself right now, I never thought of it that way. Mm -hmm. So sometimes there are very real opportunities to call people out in a a nice way. So, I mean, I guess if you check yourself and say, okay, am I doing this because this risk really irks me and it's going to somehow benefit me to get back at this person? Mm -hmm. Or am I truly just, I'm chill right now and I'm just going to say, hey, bro, 
I hope you're doing well. I don't know. Maybe some something hurt you in the past or whatever. But I got to say, I just think this guy's having fun. That's all this is. And then if he retaliates and it's not received, then he's defensive and maybe just let it go. Maybe the Holy Spirit will tug on his heart later. You know, just pray over it. And that's what that's what I hoped was because I think I think it was some of both. I mean, if I'm being sincere, that I wanted I wanted him to feel you know, embarrassment of why yeah. he would post a comment like that. But I really did want him to think later of like, you know, maybe it was just for fun. And so there's a little bit of both, if I'm being honest. Sure. I, but I think. Oh, I um, think most of us roll our eyes when we see things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to be honest, I, w- I will never be in a place to lovingly post anything on social media because I will always get my, I will get riled uh-huh. up like that. Well, and that's the thing is I also promote never getting in a Facebook fight because it's never going to solve anything. Right. And so, and I, this guy lives states away. I'm never going to meet him. We're never going to be able to sit down. And, and, and so I just, I felt. He's I, listening to this podcast right now. That would honestly be awesome. <laughs> I honestly, I think because I could explain myself better. It was just like, man, can we just be, I, I just, when Christians get that name of, Mm-hmm. of being sticks in the mud. And and certainly there are things that we need to take seriously, but there are a lot of hills that we die on that we shouldn't. So Jesus is represented in this mini series that I've watched called The Chosen by a, a fantastic actor. His mm-hmm. name, I think, is Jonathan Rumi, um, who I, I saw him interviewed by the director, and he is a believer as well. So he, he really portrayed Jesus beautifully. One of my favorite scenes is when he is making these obnoxious noises because he knows little kids are hiding, watching him. Okay. And so you see this fun, loving side of our Savior. Yeah. The guy who says to his disciples, who are like bodyguards at this point, let the kids come. Yeah. This is the God, this is the Jesus. And I'm reminded through this, this is also God designed us in a very silly way. If you think about the human body, all of its functions all of the sounds we make, and I understand we do not want to be like overload with potty noises and things like that for our children's sake, because mm-hmm. there's a time and a place. At the same time, it's like if God had a sense of humor in making us, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he has a fun side. Absolutely, he designed humor. So we have to embrace humor, and we have to recognize that, yes, there is a time and a place for everything, as it says in Ecclesiastes, but we have to not be so rigid that we don't remember there's a time and a place to have a good time yeah. and be silly. So I, I am all about being reverent, but I also want to embrace the side of our Lord that designed belly buttons. You know, I think it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I it makes me think. My, <laughs> what are you laughing at? I haven't thought about this in years. My friend was, his mom was a little more strict and he couldn't say some of the words that describe what you were just talking about. And mm-hmm. his mom made him say poot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Just, it was so, especially we're like practically teenage boys. And he, yeah, <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to mock her because I, with my kids, it's, it's toot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> like Thomas the train. <laughs> um, man, this is, this is so much this fun. This took a turn. I, I, well, I, you want to go and get, maybe I'll save no, this speaking, for next week. Speaking of belly buttons, I thought you were going to talk about Luke one. Wait, what? No, like. You were going to talk about John the Baptist? I no, I know. Your, I know, no? but now I'm, I'm, no, I'll, I will. But the baby, the belly button connection, what, what? John Explain was it? in utero. So oh, okay, I was just okay. assuming All right. umbilical cords oh. were. Well, that's true. That's a good It's point. not that big of a stretch. Come on. Your wife is with child. You should know. These well, I was things. like, wait, what about a belly button? <laughs> I have a belly button. Um, so, 
I was reading in Luke 1, and this is just kind of a moment aside from everything we've said. You about know who did not have a belly button? Adam. Boom. I don't think Eve had a belly button. Well, you wouldn't think. No, because it was a rib. It wasn't a... That's there was true. no womb. Barbecue sounds good right now. You know what? Okay. On track. Back to Luke 1. This was just a moment about jealousy that is just, it, it really, um, it did me good. Mary finds out, the Mary, the mother of Jesus, finds out that she is going to be the mother of Jesus. Gabriel just told her, yeah. hey, you know, here's how this is going to work. And she goes to visit her, it's her aunt, right? Elizabeth? Yes. Well, it's a it's a cousin. It's like a cousin. Okay. Cousin Zacharias and yeah. Elizabeth. And so, um, so that's where we had just found out that Zachariah, Zachariah was the, the, the guy that was older and he was, he became out of the, the temple, uh, mute. Cause he was a priest. Cause he didn't believe that he was going to be, he was going to have a baby. Yeah. And, and then Elizabeth is his wife and she is pregnant with John the Baptist. Yes. So Mary entered the home. She greets Elizabeth at the moment that she heard Mary's voice, the baby within Elizabeth, her womb, it jumped and kicked. And suddenly Elizabeth was filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And she said a couple of things. Mary, you're you're given uh, the highest favor and privilege above all others. She goes on to say, how did I deserve such a remarkable honor uh, to have the mother of my Lord come and visit me? Mm -hmm. So this is her cousin. Little cousin, right? Little cousin. Mm -hmm. She just found out that she's pregnant. Elizabeth, that is. So she's really excited. Sure. But then all of a sudden, little cousin comes in with something better. <laughs> you know, it's like you won a million dollars and then your cousin comes in and is like, guess what? I just want a billion dollars. And you're like, oh my. Yeah, that human side of you, you were totally content until you found out they got more. You, that's such a good way to say it. You were totally content until you found out they got more. That's all of us. And now what here, what I'm describing is not happening. The opposite of that. Yeah. Elizabeth is excited and sincere. And it just struck me. I, I need to be that way. I, whatever somebody comes at me with, because I don't get jealous of people I don't know. I really don't that often. I get jealous of people that I know that that. Well, that oh. could have been me. Well, yeah. I mean, I got jealous of my best friends growing up. Yeah, playing baseball with that guy. Why does he have a bigger house? Yeah. yeah no, those I, kinds of things. Yeah, no, I I should be that. And so to just, the point is to not let myself go there. That That's going to take prayer. The difference, I think, uh, the fact that Elizabeth was so exceedingly happy, it didn't make her some superhuman, although she and Zacharias were both very faithful people, which is why the Lord yeah. chose them. Yeah. Um. I think it's because she recognized who was in Mary's tummy and everybody had been waiting for Messiah. Mm. So the difference is Jesus. Yeah. And I think what you just said is so solid. The difference is Jesus. How do we get over jealousy? Jesus. That's the answer. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And we can only, it's only through the Holy Spirit and his teaching us how to get over these silly, trivial things that we recognize as silly and trivial. Lord, heal me in this. Go ahead and own it. I feel jealous right now. So-and-so's getting a house or whatever. I'm feeling that. Yeah. I don't want to feel that. So how do I not do that? And tapping into Jesus and his spirit. That, that, that's how Elizabeth was able to. I don't know. It's the Messiah there. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That, that's just, I like these little things the little that things. I've never thought about before. Of mm -hmm. Oh, she wasn't jealous. I would have been jealous. See, and that's the point of having that quiet time, I think, every day. Just, you may have read that story a zillion times and it's never sprung out to you. I loved how you brought that to you brought new life for me just now. I've never thought about that. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. 
Um, I say a lot of beautiful things. So what I've been reviewing is a lot of history uh, around the Easter story. And, you know, we're going back back even to the Christmas story with what you're talking about. But it's interesting. Um, we talked about during the Easter series, Herod. And it is kind of confusing unless you've kind of done a little research about the history of Herod. But Herod the Great was the daddy. Herod the Great died in 4 B.C., which is kind of confusing because he's also the same guy who ordered the death of all the babies mm-hmm. after Jesus had been born. He was the jealous guy. The wise men came and, hey, tell me where he is so I can worship him too. That Herod guy. Yeah. So it's always been speculated that Jesus might have been born prior to A.D. Oh, okay. Okay. Because um, it's like, well, how does that work timeline-wise? Um, that's speculative. Nobody really knows. Uh, but if if Herod the Great, which the Bible says was the king who did it, then he, and he died in 4 BC, then that might be the timeline. It might be a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, though. He had three kids, all of them named Herod because they just, you know, it's like George Foreman. <laughs> all named. Did you know this story? You're no. looking at me crazy. No, I didn't know this. George Foreman has like all these sons and every single one of them's name are George. I did not know that. I knew about his daughter. Really? So I did not know that he had multiple sons. Named oh, yeah. They're all George. George. All George Jr.? I think so. It's amazing. So it's like, I doubt he got his idea from Herod because George Foreman, from what I understand, is a very good man of faith. Well, so. it, it makes sense, though. You know, you find a mess in the kitchen and all you got to do, George, George, get down here. It's just easy. And they all get down there. Exactly. You figure it out real fast. So there was, were you going to say something? No. Okay. I thought you started to say something. So, I'm <laughs> sorry. There is Herod Philip, who was apparently a super chill king. Uh, not too rough around the edges. There was Herod Archelaus. I think that's how you pronounce it. He immediately became the king or he would have seceded after, um, Wait, seceded is wrong. That means he gave up. Succeeded. Succeeded. Thank you. Uh, Herod the Great, his dad. But that guy was trouble. The 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 succeeder. Oh, yeah. yeah. In fact, uh, he actually eventually got kicked out of office. Whoa. Yeah, he was trouble. He, lots of bloodshed, just ugly stuff that we don't need to go into detail. I honestly can't remember all the details, but he was kicked into a place that is now modern day France. He was kicked out to Gaul. Well, golly. Which apparently was a place where they would send people when they got kicked out of office. Pontius Pilate eventually was kicked out of office and sent to Gaul. Okay. Where he eventually, it says, committed suicide. But uh, Herod Archelaus, or whatever his name is, this was the king that when Mary and Joseph, after they had baby Jesus, they go to Egypt and they wait until Herod the Great has passed. Then they find out his son has taken the throne. They're like, I don't know. See, these different Herods reigned over different provinces. Mm. And so they specifically did not go back to that area where that king was. Okay. They decided to live in the Galilean area. Yeah. So it was Herod Antipas that was heading up that area. And that was the Herod who is, you know, the guy who eventually killed John the Baptist. Um, he was the one who uh, Pontius Pilate sent Jesus to mm. because they kept trading back and forth. They didn't want to be the one in charge of this man's death because they couldn't find any legal reason to to kill him. Yeah. And if, eventually, I think it was just to appease the people that Jesus died. And ironically, they they released a murderer who was charged with, um, what was it? So they were bringing Jesus up on charges of being against the empire. There was no proof for that. Okay. But they let Barabbas, 
who completely was convicted yeah. of bringing stuff up against the Empire Go. So that's a whole nother story. But Herod Antipas, and I wanted to straighten all that out of my brain just because it's like, it does get confusing. It's good to know the same name because I even forget that he appears. And because I I think, honestly, some of my when I mentioned our Easter pageant during the series of me growing up at our church, I don't think we played out that scene in front of Herod. I think we just played out Caiaphas and then Pontius Pilate. So that's what's in my brain. It's overwhelming to do all of it. And it is exactly. You can't do every single detail in a pageant like that. Can you imagine, though? I think that's what makes it more special when I go over the history of it. Because we can't fathom putting all of that on it. Yeah. When I was a little kid, grew up next to Arkansas and Oklahoma, and we went to Eureka Springs, and they had the Passion Play. That play lasted six billion years. In wow. My well, you're a little kid, and you're sitting there, and it's this open amphitheater, and it's an incredible performance. Don't get me wrong. But I was itchy-bottomed, is what my mom and dad would call it. You just uh-huh. get itchy, and you can't sit still. I just itchy, itchy. And they would go through the entirety of like, this is, so it wasn't like from dawn till dusk, dusk till dawn kind of a performance or anything like that, but it was, here is now Jesus being taken from the garden and he is taken to the Sanhedrin and then from the Sanhedrin, he's taken to Pilate and from the Pilate, he is taken to Herod. From Herod, he's sent back to Pilate. Then Pilate has him taken by the guards and then they scourge him and then they bring him back to Pilate. And it's like this huge thing. As I'm reading about each and every single one of these these occurrences, Carter, I am overwhelmed by what Jesus Christ endured. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like not just the, the, of course the pain, but just, I mean, nobody, I can't fathom standing on my feet that long and then having literally a percentage of blood that is supposed to be flowing through my ba- veins, even available to me because my back is so torn up mm. from the leather straps of that whip. And being paraded about and Herod is one of those that mocks him just doesn't stop it. It doesn't pull any of the punches. It's just awful. And, yeah. and the priests follow him into Herod's court. So they make fun of him some more. And it says literally when you translate these words, they were screaming inches from Jesus's face, calling him a liar. Hmm. Just scream. Imagine the veins popping out everywhere and screaming I know how I react when somebody gets flustered with me and immediately my blood starts to boil and I feel my ears getting hot and I just want to go off on that person. And my Lord stood there still. You know, we've, we've talked about that before, but this, this is um, what my devotional, it's taking me through the entire month of April and just sharing, unpacking a little bit more of the story, a little bit more. And that was who Herod Antipas was after the priests had their turn in front of Herod again. They already had a turn. But let me take advantage again, start screaming again, accusing him in front of Herod. Herod was desperate for a miracle. He'd heard about this guy, probably heard about him from his dad. Mm, Yeah. There was a king supposed to be born and kill all the two-year-olds and under. Well, who's who's this guy? Supposed to be the Messiah, the new king. Well, now this guy's claiming to be king. He's heard about the miracles. He had a following. Yeah. Herod was ready for a miracle and Jesus wasn't going to give him one. And so he took that opportunity to put one of his robes on him. And just make fun of him. Mm. Just mock him and pretend, oh, I'll pretend to be blind. You heal me. And just petty, silly, childish stuff, you know? Yeah. I remember one time I was uh, taking this exit off of uh, getting onto the highway. And it was real rainy. Yeah. I mean, it was like you could, well, you're standing water of five or six inches already. And you couldn't see anything in front of you. You couldn't hardly see anything. Yeah. 
So I'm going pretty slow mm-hmm. getting onto this highway. Once I get up on the bridge, it'll be all right. But it's, there's pretty, there's a lot of water here. And this guy behind me. Mm-hmm. Stop. No, the I don't like that. The whole time I was on the road up the exit oh, onto the highway. That's not cool. Because I wasn't going fast enough. Mm-hmm. I was livid. I look over, they pass me. They decide not to mess with me. But I look over like, what do you want? Right. And I can't imagine being silent with somebody screaming in my face saying you're a liar when I know that it's absolutely, what I'm saying is true. And and loving them the whole time? Yeah. Dying for Ooh. them? Perhaps he saw their future knowing that one day they they'd turn around. Maybe it was... Maybe it was when those guards were paid off. Those guards that stood by the tomb and they knew that the high priest had maybe paid some money Mm -hmm. to keep him quiet. They saw that behind the scenes and they're like, oh my gosh, this guy Mm. was really him. Yeah. And and maybe Jesus saw that. He saw their future and knew you're going to come along. And I hope you remember this moment, but in a way that I forgave you so that you can do that for others. Yeah. It's never to guilt trip people. It's just to to love them to a place of being um, being Christ-like, you know? Yeah, and, live life this way. Yeah. So anyway, that's good, good stuff. stuff. Yeah, it's heavy. Um, we haven't done this in a while. We, uh, let me, can I tell you a joke to end the podcast? Oh, anything. I mean, we've gone, like, I need to go just take a nap. That yeah, was heavy. That was good. That was, that was. So give me a joke. Okay. Lighten it up. All right. Do you know the difference between the people from Dubai Compared to the people from Abu Dhabi. I don't want to answer this. Well, you see, Rochelle, the people from Dubai don't care for the Flintstones, but the people from Abu Dhabi do. I feel like we've shared that one before. Well, it it does get old. (laughs) 